Welcome to the Black Tribe Podcast. It is 2024, people. No way. Here we go. The beginning of this year has been a trip, um, but we're still here, bitches. It's our <laughs> tattoo. Hey, welcome, Lisa Marie Black, Gary Black. If you're watching, you're seeing us on our video, patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. You can get these later uh, on all the platforms. Anywhere so you get your podcast. Hi, baby. Hi, sweetheart. So, um, guys, we're going to jump right in because uh, this is, like, really burning. And, and we're just encountering this uh, in every aspect of our lives with people while we coach. Yeah. Um, as we're pastoring, it's just been um, coming up over and over and over. And so we're going to continue on this series of pornography. Yes. And what it does to men epi- and to women. Epidemic. And to our children. Yeah. And uh, incredible, like the fruit of pornography and the stats that are coming out, scientific, scientists and the church and just researchers and the stuff that they're showing us now is like unbelievable. Yeah, I would say this is not a uh, religious issue. I would say this is a human issue. Would you agree? It is definitely a human <laughs> it is issue. It is a human issue. And I would say that um, you would be hard pressed to find anyone that thinks that this is a good idea. <laughs> or that this would bring good things into your life other than people that are making lots and lots of money yes. out of it. But they usually die either in prison or um, <laughs> they, they don't die happy lives. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the fruit of their lives are, not is not great. It's yeah. not good. And, hey, I want to just speak to that because my whole life, um, you know, I was told, well, just look at the fruit. Just look at the fruit, right? <laughs> so big churches and big ministries. My my dad was always, just look at the fruit. You can't criticize them. And well, the, the fruit meaning like, is that 10,000 people in a sanctuary? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's not fruit. That's not fruit, right. Because um, then the Rolling Stones have really good fruit. That's right. Okay. And so does uh, Charles Manson. And, and yeah. Yeah, they gathered lots of people. Charles Manson. You mean Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Okay. Yes. Thanks, okay. Babe, for the correction. You're welcome. Let me read you a couple things. This is from... Of Boys and Men, and it's it's the title of the article, and I want you guys to get this. It's called The Birth Announcement, the American Institute for Boys and Men. American Institute for Boys and Men is where this information is coming from. And they have a, a monthly newsletter. I mean, they're awesome. These guys kill it. Um, and I just want to read you a few things that they posted in their last um, email that they send to everybody, and it's uh, kind of shocking. Um, so let me just give this to you. It's male suicide, patterns, and recent trends. Our first research brief digs into the data on male suicide rates. I've written here before on this subject, and I'm really pleased we were able to produce such data-rich piece of work. Mental health is an immediate priority for this organization, not least in terms for simply raising awareness. I'm still astonished by how astonished people often are when I present these facts. Mm. Here are the main findings. In 2022, 39,282 men and 10,207 women took their own lives. Oh, God. Okay, stay with this. This is good stuff. The suicide, I mean, it's It's horrible stuff, stuff. but it's, (laughs) this is good for us to know. The suicide risk for men is four times higher than for women. Yeah. While the rate of attempted suicide is higher for women than men. Wow. So women just suck at killing themselves. No, they just, they're not in it to really kill themselves. They're just looking to get attention from someone. They're asking for help. They're asking. They're screaming yeah, they're for screaming help. They're screaming for right? help. If male suicide rates had been the same as women's from 1999 to 2022, 
we would have lost 545,000 fewer men to suicide. Now, I want you to get this in your hearts, right? So we don't have an overpopulation problem at all on the planet. Everything that these global guys are trying to put fear in, in, in everybody about all this stuff, it's pure lies, right? We have a actual population problem. We don't have enough men and women in the workforce. And it's just going to get worse and worse because of abortion and the millions and millions that we've killed in this generation, the last few generations, and because of suicide amongst men, 545,000 just in a few years Mm. that we'd have on the planet bringing the kingdom of God potentially to the planet. Mm. And they're gone. They're dead. The enemy took them and he won. Since 2010, suicide rates have risen by 34% for younger 25 to 34-year-old men. Okay, rates are highest among men who are white, American, Indian, and Alaska Native, over 65, and living in rural areas. Hmm. Well, what does that tell you? So, isolation. Isolation. That 545,000 number gives a sense of what the gap in suicide rates means in terms of actual lives lost. Hmm. For perspective, that's more than the population of Atlanta. So wipe out all of Atlanta, Hotlanta. And that's how many people, how many men we've lost since 1999 to 2022. What I learned from the analysis is that is what that rise in male suicide rates since the turn of the century has varied by age group up to 2010. The rise was among middle aged men tracking the general rise in deaths of despair. But from 2010, the rise has been among younger men. The fastest rise has been for suicide rates among men aged 25 to 34, up by a staggering 34% since 2010. I just wanted to make sure you caught that. And there's graphs here. I'm going to post these. But I wanted to start this podcast with this because I'm telling you guys, 100% of our applicants for the world race over their, since 2004 have checked the box that they're addicted to porn if they're a boy. Hmm. It's like 80-some percent for women. Um, that tells me, and these guys dive into it, that because we're so isolated on our phones and from people and what the government did with COVID, Trump shutting down America should have never happened, mm-hmm. right? And because they've been so isolated since 2010, and guess what? That's when social media started to hit. That's when all the stuff started to change. TikTok 2013, like it shifted, yeah. right? The world race became completely different. All the things that we've seen. Um, But it's because part of this is we're so addicted to pornography and we're so isolated by it and so guilty by it. We feel guilty as men. Shame. Shame, uh, disgrace, all the things that we feel. That's what we're getting. Wow. All of Atlanta gone of men. That is the fallout. Have you been to Atlanta? It's a big city. (laughs) Well, it's a big city and I would never want to live there. (laughs) Traffic, because that shows you. Those cars would be empty It's at rush hour, That yes. if that gives you a picture of that. 100%. And if you don't know how important men are, you can go back and listen to the, the purpose of men because they are foundational and they are incredibly important. They're what everything is built upon. They're the foundation and of the planet. I know people want to take them out, but <laughs> we can't. You can't and, take and out. And just a quick shout out to <clears throat> feminists who I love. I've got a shirt now that my daughter's got me, Radical Feminist. 
Um, you know, in the Old Testament, it says that men will lord it over you. That was part of the curse. That's an old covenant curse, ladies. That curse has been lifted and it's gone. In the new covenant, we don't lord over our wives or women. We actually work side by side with them, just like Adam and Eve and how Eve was created out of the side of Adam. And they work side by side together. And so you're right that men have lorded over, and especially in the church at times, and that's old covenant thinking, which the majority of our church is still stuck in. We do need to, we, we've done a couple podcasts on that, but we do need to like kind of do a little, little refresher on that now that you're getting some more um, teaching on the, the new covenant, because yes. that's really important stuff. Okay, so okay. there's an answer. There is an answer. Like, how, what does God think about all this? Mm. You know, because he created sex. And he didn't just create sex for to repopulate the earth. It was created for pleasure. It was created for intimacy. It was, I mean, it is supposed to do something to us and for us. And it's, it is a beautiful thing. And just like everything that is created for beauty, there is an enemy that wants to turn around and make it something disgusting and gross and, and shallow and, and to bring death instead yes. of life. And so Well, and it's like anything, <clears throat> it progresses. It does progress. It's it's it, it it's an open door when you just start first looking at porn. Yeah. But I sit with multiple young men and older men yeah. who look at porn that you would never even want to describe. Like think they're watching things. Yeah, don't tell me. That don't I know, babe. <laughs> but they it doesn't make any sense to my spirit. I don't understand what how you could find pleasure or anything from that. Especially when we're talking about children. I know. Right? That or is, incest or a, any of these. There is a depravity that takes over. It does. And I maybe there are people that um, are exposed to that. There are some generational things I actually fumbled i had covid for the better part of four weeks and yes, you've been sick stu- for all of 2020 yeah i have been sick for a year but i did stumble onto a, a cult thing because it was a friend of ours and i was watching it and i was remembering one of their family members that i ran into and he had told me at one point um when he came to our home that he had wanted to rape women from the time he was four years old <clears> and i thought <clears throat> um that's got to be generational because i don't think that's a normal uh active active thing in a four-year-old boy's mind you know like i remember our little boys wanted to blow things up they wanted to you know they wanted to they wanted to wreck things for sure but i don't think that they were having those thoughts as four-year-olds the depraved mind was not and when you look at the cultic destructive murderous past of his family that is a probably a very strong generational thing absolutely to kill and destroy and so and just to remind everybody listening uh, and i just walked somebody through this yesterday on a coaching call um Galatians 3 says that every man hung on a tree broke Mm. the curse. Mm. So when Jesus went to the cross for us, and and again, I don't think we even comprehend a little bit of what that was, but when Jesus went to the cross for us, he broke generational curses. They were broken. The curse was broken. The old covenant curses were broken. Generational curses were broken. We have to learn to apply those to our life. And here's what happens. And this really blew this young man's mind. I was coaching yesterday trying to help keep his marriage together. That when um, you deal with the generational curses in your life, it stops it over your children, your children's children, your children's children's children. But it turns into a blessing. It turns into the opposite. So that your family can actually walk in freedom. And a generational blessing goes up and down the generational line. If you want your parents blessed, which you should, it's a really good commandment that did pass through, honor your mommy and daddy, right? If you want them blessed, you break the curses maybe that they gave you. Quit pointing the finger at them and blaming them. 
bless them and change that curse to a blessing in your life because Jesus already did it. You just have to apply it and do the hard work, right? So let's say it's alcoholism, right? Alcoholism and anger were generational curses on me from my dad, my dad's dad, his dad. Could go back to uh, yeah, the who cave. Knows how far, we don't right? know. <laughs> my dad broke the curse of alcoholism. Right. He stopped drinking completely because his dad almost killed his mom in front of him, um, did end up basically killing her from yeah. alcoholism. Ultimately. And and he and he broke some of those curses. Then I had to apply those to our lives, pornography, all of the things, anger. He never dealt with the anger, and I had to. But once I got through that, which has not been that long, it's taken me a journey to get there. We yeah. work out our salvation. Right. It's hard work, and you do the hard work, and you're not perfect in it ever. You're wounded. You're broken. And lo- God, Jesus loves wounded and broken. He was wounded and broken on the cross, and I it's know. the only safe place for us to be is looking through his wounds and his brokenness because then we can tell our story Right and get and we can overcome, but when I overcome those generational curses, it turns into a blessing and it goes up and down. Not only are my kids and my kids' kids blessed, but my parents and my grandparents, if they're still alive, get blessed through it. Oh, that was good, babe. Sure. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> I love that. I think that that is something that's so vital for this younger generation to hear. Is a lot of the focus is on going back. And I think in a negative in sense. a negative sense, it is important to go back so that you know your story and ask the questions, but don't stay there. You know, like <clears throat> there was an incident in our, our family, and we had a little group text going on. And I was talking to all my daughter in laws and and um, and daughters, and a couple of the girls reached out to me on the other end, and they were like, "Wow, mom, that was really there was a lot of authority and thought in." and power in what you said. And we were all, we all kind of read what you said, like over and over again. I said, well, yeah, because I've overcome those things. Yes. And I have authority in those things. Right. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be 54 this summer. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's the fruit of that for lack of better term. And I know in my heart, I don't want you guys to go through any of the things I've been through. If your husband dies or you're, you have miscarriages, I don't want that for you. Right. But I know that you're going to over, overcome that grief. You're going to overcome that pain. You're going to, and that is where your authority comes from. And nobody wants to hear that. So, but if we stay stuck in that, if we spend all of our therapy sessions going back to what your mom said when you were four or th- that one time, I mean, there's just so much of that happening right now. Yes, that happened. That is real. You do have to grieve that. You have to walk through it, but you overcome it. You do. The scars, the, whole point the scars is are going to stay, right. but the scars are your story, and that is where your power comes from. Yeah. Now, and and, <clears> and <throat> I do want to quickly uh, shout out to Seven One Nine Lending. Oh yeah. The studio, Oops, amazing. We, we Marquise, really we love her. She's amazing. Uh, secondly, I'm going to separate M four five six mandate four five six podcasts. I'm going to crank those back up and start interviewing uh, young men that were alumni, oh, um, other ministry it. guys, business guys. I'm going to do one with a, a, a man who's going through hell right now, and I'm just going to let him speak his heart. And so just kind of watch out for those. Those will be coming soon. But this is Black Tribe at 719 Lending. All right, baby, take us into the answer to some of this. Well, I just, you know, we always have to have hope. There's no point in, <laughs> in describing 
the brokenness without some answers to the brokenness. And God has to have some thoughts. And I'm sure it's frustrating when people go to the Bible and they just want to say, you know, I, I'm looking at porn. Where is the verse that will say exactly what I need to do? Right. Right. You know, and right. where's the formula? <laughs> yeah. Where's the formula? The we love formulas. We love healing. steps. And the truth is anytime we have an unwanted behavior, whatever it is, we have to look at the story. And anytime we have unwanted sexual behaviors, the question is, where did this come from? Okay, wow. And most therapists, psychiatrists, whoever you talk to will tell you, this didn't come from nowhere. This didn't just pop up one day. There's there's something connected to it. If you are masturbating and looking at pornography and you do not want to be doing this, like this is not bringing good things into your life. It's hurting your relationships, hurting your job. It's hurting your self-esteem. It's affecting your real sex life. You don't want this. It's it's most of them will say it's not actually about the porn. It's always about something else. Yes. And, and I, I, I'm going to forget if I don't say this. I know, baby. And it's a little crude, so I'm going to say it. But I was watching Andrew Tate and his brother, and I love, I lo- I'm sorry, I know people. You're watching their journey. Hating. I love watching You're their journey. You're fascinated by watching and their journey. they both have gift of wisdom on them, and I know they've got it, big, big issues, right? I understand all that. But I always chew on the meat and spit out the bones. But right. I was watching them both discuss masturbation the other day, and it was powerful because they're right. They're like, if you want the biggest homosexual act that you can actually perform on the planet is when you masturbate yourself as a boy watching porn. You're literally having sex with a man watching porn <laughs> and you're masturbating a man while you're doing it. That's an interesting and way so to put it. so if you have an issue with being a homosexual, <laughs> that could be an issue. And hopefully some of you will stop masturbating to I, porn I over and over I have so much compassion for men because you're always just trying to be big, powerful men and you always get smacked down with anything <laughs> that happens. But That's so true. Um, unwanted sexual behaviors are not random. And when we look at our stories of <clears> brokenness, <throat> they can also be our map to healing. Whew. Okay, you so wait, that? say that one more time. So unwanted sexual behaviors are not random. They can also be the stories that bring us the map to our healing. Nice. Okay. So yes. So I'm there's gonna, a map that's being drawn. There's the story that's being spoken over your life. Mm-hmm. When you're in your mother's womb, I posted this on Journeyman, I think this morning, um, you're knit. Psalms 139 says you're knit in your mother's womb. God literally makes the story of your life in your mother's womb. And oh, by the way, your, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life in your mother's womb. You're wow. already in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now you get to work that out over your lifetime, how you're going to make that look on the planet. Is that with a Sharpie or is that with a pencil? Because <laughs> I grew up Baptist and it was definitely a pencil and the eraser was, I was told in, in, in Sunday school that the eraser was a lot bigger than the pencil. Of course. And, and guess what, guys? You don't ever have to repent but more than once. I repent. I say, Father, you're the Lord of my life. I never have to repent again. First John 1 John 1.9 says, I confess my sins. I confess what I'm... And your flesh, oh, by the way, isn't your body in Scripture, which is amazing, but go look at all this yourself. Anyway, I, conf- I repent once. I never have to repent again. If I find myself falling into something, I confess it and keep it right. in the light, right. and God instantly forgives me. And when I confess it to a brother, Matthew says, um, I'm healed. Right. So when I keep things in the light and above board and I'm not hiding anything... I walk in freedom. Exactly. If I'm hiding my pornography, 
that's where I get isolated and that's where suicidal thoughts come and that's why we're losing so many young And men. I'm telling you, if you want to break down the Bible into something really simple, it's humility and pride. Mm-hmm. It really is. It is. It's humility, humility and pride. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to break down unwanted sexual behaviors into two groups. Okay. And this is how we've dealt with it and this is how we've been taught to deal with it in psychiatry, in therapy, in the church, everywhere. There's this two categories we've always put this into. We're going to add a third category before we're done today, Okay. which is going to give us some hope. I love this. I found this in Psychology Today. I found this on several different teachings. Um, and I, I put this together a couple years ago for a teaching I did at G42 because I don't think anyone had spoken on practical things before. And so I went, <laughs> I went crazy. I was like, yeah, we can speak in tongues and we can do all these different things, but nobody's dealing with like what's really happening in people's lives. What's the root cause? And the here? real yeah. things that are happening is people are really struggling. So... <clears throat> There's two different things. There's lust management, which is suppressing, getting away from, and ignoring, mm. and accountability. So we there's a lot of programs out there. Like one's called Covenant Eyes, which now that you know, whenever I do research on my computer, or my phone. I am being sold all these different things. And so I think it's great. You know, like a lot of young men have asked you, like, will you be my covenant eyes? Which is just a pain in the butt, I assume, is whatever websites they're looking at, it comes to you. So they have to be accountable. Had many, many, many through the years. What we have found is (laughs) that we are often 5, 10, 15, 20 years into accountability, which that means that the core issue has not been dealt with right we're just trying to manage the symptoms of the lust and and that's why accountability doesn't work it doesn't work it does not it doesn't work you have to be accountable to yourself yeah and i can tell you this that every single one of the young men who put me on there whatever they look at websites and i get a report of that figured out a way to get around that and yeah. go look at pornography yeah. every single 100 percent of the time well, and you also don't have to go to a website to look at pornography. All you have to do is have Netflix. Drive down the street. Drive down the street. Yeah. I mean, you don't, it, there's ways around it. Um, and that, and probably it gets a little grosser when it's not on your computer because you can kind of maybe hide things there. I don't know. But th- th- there's still places you can go. There's things you can do. There's hotels. There's, of course. There's ways around anything. So anyway, the fallout. Of, of lust management is that um, people try to get around it, but also you end up having the same conversation over and over and over again. It also is a cycle of um, bad behavior and shame, bad behavior and shame, bad behavior and shame, but there's no actual real healing. Mm. And I, it was a couple years ago, this woman walked up to me. I'm not going to say what situation it was in, but it's very typical of this particular ministry. And I was like, oh, I heard you're getting married. Congratulations. She's like, I know. And he's so amazing. And we met blah, 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 blah. And he's um, in accountability. And he had a huge porn issue, but he hasn't looked at anything in a year. And I told him if he hadn't looked at anything in a year, I would marry him. And I was like, oh, God, what is she going to do if two days after the wedding he's, like, all over the porn sites? Like, is she going to divorce him? Like, what's the plan? I was like, I don't know her. I'm not going to say anything. But I was like, I don't feel good about this at all. (laughs) But, you know, that was the lust management side is that's how they decided to deal with it. But I thought I I would want to know, like, where did this come from and why did you need that? And 
What's your story? What is your sexual story? Yes. You know, when did this start and how is this going to affect us? And And our children. Did somebody do something to you? Were were you introduced into something? Were you bullied into something? Did you have low self-esteem? Did you feel awkward around girls? Do you like boys? Like, let's talk about it. Like, if we talk about it, we're going to remove that shame because I'm going to love you through it, which is what marriage is. But... We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. About it. it. You're yes. going to go talk to somebody else about it. Right. And I'm always going to wonder. Right. And a so, therapist, again, is trained to keep you stuck so you never get to transformation. The whole point of this is, yes, I have this issue. Yes. So instead of saying, God, will you please take this from me? Say, Father, will you father me through this? And let me be really honest with the people that love me. And there's very few that do that will actually hold it and, and walk with you in it. But you find those people and you just get extremely honest with yourself and really honest with the people that love you. And if you can do that and then say, Father, teach me what you're trying to teach me in this. Because we're supposed to have the pattern of life. We die. We're born again. We resurrect. Right? You're skipping ahead of me, dude. I'm sorry. I That's didn't mean okay. to. But no, you're, you, you just so kind of hit it. Yeah. And what the part we're not getting to is the resurrection. The resurrection so part. Okay. So the second part is shame management, which is removing shame and stigma. Stigma. So basically, whatever you're into, it's okay. So shame says there's not just something wrong with my behavior. It says something's wrong with me. Right. Okay. And so we're telling people, like, no matter what you're into, no matter what you want to stick your stuff into, (laughs) (laughs) you're okay. You're not the problem. Right. And that's where we get into, you know, the pedophilia where Mm. we're just going to normalize. We're going to normalize whatever freaky shit you're into so you don't feel shame. Yes. Well, I have a problem with that because I think... (laughs) Really? I do. I think there's a reason why we feel certain things. I think that's a warning system going off in our body, which we tell our children, like, I, when our kids were very little, I would say, when you get that feeling in your belly, that's God trying to speak to you. Yes. So I use that in the way that, like, hey, we're going to go over so-and-so's house right now. We don't know them very well. Daddy and I will be upstairs having dinner with them. You're going to go downstairs and play with the kids or whatever. If there's any movie or this conversation, and you get that feeling a in your belly, <laughs> we you, know, a few of you come upstairs, you talk to mommy, yeah. and all you have to do is say, we had codes in our family. Everybody knows our stories. Or if they were going to spend the night or go the first time and we they did use the codes there's there's a sandwich tuna sandwich i want a tuna sandwich because nobody actually (laughs) ever really wanted one but there there is things that we need to listen to that are telling us this this is not going to bring good things into my life yeah and so shame management is removing any shame Mm. but that doesn't bring any healing right so we're telling people we don't want you to feel shame no matter what yeah actually we need you to feel something yeah because it's a warning system that God put in that something is going Absolutely. wrong here. It's it's not a matter of feeling shame. You're supposed to feel shameful from that stuff. Exactly. It's what you what do you do with mm-hmm. your shame? That's that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, what we don't want to do is shame children for being children. Right. Like <laughs> in the Baptist world, um, they called our private parts our shame. <laughs> don't show your shame. Oh God. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I how much shame that puts on babies. 
Don't show your <laughs> shame on you. We got we got to put your pants on no, real quick. No, Don't no. show your shame. shame. Okay, well, off you. Okay. okay. So the question is, what is driving our brokenness, and what is our story? And so, mm. how does God deal with shame? How does He deal with these unwanted sexual behaviors? How does He deal with the the feeling in your belly? Yeah. For be- lack of, you can tell I've spent a lot of time with children. <clears throat> God is. He he enters our story with curiosity. Yes. Would you like some examples? Yes. Okay. God enters <laughs> our stories with, with curiosity. curiosity, and He asks questions. Come on, good. So if now, if you want to think about that, let's say you do have a bunch of little kids at your house, and you walk in, and everyone's playing dress up or whatever, and everyone's just naked, and you're just like, you know, you could walk in there and say, "What the hell?" are you doing your boys and your girls and they can't see or you go you walk in and go hey what's up you know what's what's everybody doing you know they'll probably say oh we're gonna play dress up or we're gonna play so you didn't walk in and throw shame on them you just were curious like hey what's going on yeah could be very innocent like our five-year-old granddaughter palmer calls us and while she's on the phone with you she'll just start taking off her clothes (laughs) and changing her clothes grandma's right here and right away you (laughs) always hand me the phone because we've told her like no one can see you naked except for your dad you know because right. at a certain age that's just our family and thing. your mom and your grandma and your mom and your grandma and um <clears throat> so when adam eats the fruit god says where are you hmm. yeah where are you he wasn't Not asking to bounce where your, he was he physically said, he said don't he didn't say bounce your eyes to another fruit he just said where are you yeah and when jacob struggles with integrity the angel of the lord wrestles with him and, he, and, and the lord asks, what is your name what is your name and say, what the hell are you doing, you Identity. stupid? And Hagar is traumatized and abandoned in the wilderness, left to die. And the angel of the Lord asks her, where do you come from and where are you going? Mm. That's so good. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. The voice of God is full of curiosity, kindness, and surprise. That's so good. So when you think of the voice of God, you hear condemnation and shame because that's not the voice of God. That's so good that we we had, and I've told this story before, but this is really important to say it here. We had a lady, very seasoned uh, pastor's wife, had been in ministry for over 30 years. Uh, she came and taught at G42 when we had it here in Colorado Springs. And she said literally in the last couple of years, she had learned what she thought was Holy Spirit's voice was actually shame talking to wow. her. She didn't know Holy she Spirit's didn't know voice. The difference. After all those years of ministry, Ugh. after all the things, all, she she when she heard Holy Spirit, it was shame speaking to her mm. instead of Holy Spirit speaking hope to her. So is that you is my question. What are you hearing? Is it Holy Spirit or is it your shame? Yeah. Is it the enemy? Because God asks questions out of kindness and mm, curiosity. Kindness and curiosity. Okay, so how does God show us that on a deeper level? Well, when Jesus came, this is my, you know, I mean, Jesus came and he had a, he was covered in flesh. Yeah. And what happens to flesh? It gets scarred. It gets wounded. It bleeds. It, it does everything that our flesh does. It mm-hmm. has all the temptation. It has everything. And so that was his way of saying like, okay. I'm coming to you as you. Yes. As me, right. but as you. Right. So I get this. 100%. I'm, I'm going to get hungry. I'm going to get tempted. I'm going to have all the same things that you go through. And when they beat me, I'm going to bleed. Yes. It's going to be ugly what they do to me. Right. But this is my story. Hmm. Okay. So there's scars in that, right? 
there's blood in that. There's the wounding, wounding in that. There's all the things that he went through. And that is his story, his Friday story. Mm. We have, what is your Friday story? Is your Friday story the wounded and the blood and the, it, were you, were you introduced to sex in a, in an unholy way? Most of us were. Yeah. You know, and, and what I did Shameful with this, way, yeah. this exercise, which people can do is, is I had my students write mm. out their sexual story. When were you first introduced to it? How did it make you feel? Was it exciting? Did it feel shameful? Were you scared? And, and what progressed from there? And, and go back and remember it and write it out and then ask the Lord where he was in that mm. through the whole progression of it. I mean, we, we worked on this for a couple of days, actually, and went really deep into it. And we, we mapped out our scars. We mapped out our brokenness. We mapped out the whole situation and then where we are today. We went through our Friday, our Saturday, and then we went to our Sunday. Wow. Which was the resurrection day. Mm. So we die Mm-hmm. On Friday, mm-hmm. wounded, broken, shameful, bloody, all the things. All the things. And then on Saturday, we go down to the pit of hell and take the keys back in our lives. Yes. Right? We're finding life in the midst of death. Yes. Right? We're breaking the old covenant thinking of our lives. Exactly. We're marching down like Jesus went down to the pits to take the keys and stamp on the devil's head, just like Moses had to go into Egypt and get Egypt out or get the... Israelites out of Egypt. It wasn't about getting them from Egypt. It was about getting Egypt out of them. <laughs> right? So that's what Saturday is. And then Sunday is resurrection life. Exactly. And it is a pattern that happens over and over and over again in our lives. Exactly. Mm. And you cannot have a Sunday resurrection without, without the Friday. death on Friday. Yeah. Or Saturday. And I think that, you know, we can stay dead. We can. We can we have that option to stay dead. And we can stay dead by staying in isolation. Mm. Like I, so many people have just, you know, it's the beginning of the year and people want to lose weight or get healthier or whatever. The people that will be back here again next January saying, I want to lose 30 pounds are the ones that stayed isolated and tried to do it on their own. Right. People that didn't ask for help. That's the why resolutions don't work. And the people that <laughs> didn't, and the people didn't ask, why is this here? Why am I 30 pounds overweight? Is it because I drink too much beer? And I don't want to give that up. Right. Is it because I overeat? Is it because I eat my emotion? Like, if you don't ask why it's there, those tools are not going to help you any more than the covenant eyes are going to help you if, if pornography is an issue. We do the same things over and over again looking for a different result. I think that's called insanity. It's called insanity. <laughs> and there, I mean, there has to be hope for this. This is a, this is a huge bondage for people. And if Jesus came to set the captives free, yes. if he, you know, like how many times are Which we, mean we were captive. Exactly. And he set us free. And he set us free. But how many times is the prison door open and we just won't walk out? Yes. Because of the shame, because of the, well, it's called familiar spirits. It is. We like them and it's because comforting. we've known them our it's whole comforting. life. Yes. And you and you almost I've recently just basically gone down from like almost no alcohol. And I think that the reason I was drinking more than I wanted to drink was because it was a comfort to me, but it also was like my connection to fun. Mm. And I didn't want to give up comfort or fun. And then I realized I actually was giving up comfort and fun because I wasn't comfortable because I always had a headache. I didn't sleep well. And I wasn't actually having fun. Wow. You know, and it's like until you actually have that conversation with yourself and then you give something up and you're like, I don't miss it. In fact, 
I'm really glad it's not in my life right. at that level anymore. Right. Right. So there's just like we do that with everything. Like there's there's like like things I've spent so much money on thinking this will fix me. But it didn't it just didn't deal with why it was there. I didn't go into the story of why it's there. And that's the big thing, isn't it? If we have the if we're brave enough to ask the father, number one, father, will you father me through this? Number two, I need to break my agreement with this addiction. And then number three, am I brave enough to be aware of why I'm doing this and then confess that to someone and have them walk with me in the root of that, in the depths of that? Mm. I, I'm coaching a young guy here. I'm just one of the guys I disciple. I love him deeply, and he's he overeats to comfort himself. Mm. And we were talking about that, and he's very aware of that. And, and it, it, it came down to him because for me, I love eating bad food i love wings yeah and, but you're not an overeater but i, but I work <clears throat> out every day yeah right and so it, but I you also still keep never up. overeat you right s- you stop <clears throat> and so it's, that's not been an issue for me but it was really cool to walk with him through that just his awareness yeah of what it is and now we can go and work on this yeah now we can go on the journey and it's hard work but he started with confession yeah he had he had to actually admit that this is a problem he had to bring it into the light absolutely and confess it to a brother and guys, when it when you mm-hmm. confess, let me tell you something. The enemy's going to come at you wholeheartedly with everything. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the, the Lord st- rises up a standard against him. And my buddy who confessed this to me, man, the next day ended up in the hospital because the enemy just came at him yeah. in his brokenness. And so it's hard work, and it is going to take you doing hard work. Yeah, people don't like that part no, always. No. You know, they feel like if I have to work hard, then that must not be and, it. And, and it yeah, not taking any way thing yeah. that God could come miraculously and just heal you. He's done that for lots of people. Jeremy's a great story of that. 15 years, total alcoholism. Yeah, but that boy, like, he paid a huge price to get, like. Yeah, big price. He had a story. Yes. Right? And he had scars. Yes, big scars. He yes. didn't, like, have one mess up and then just God, like, he right. was, like, on his face before the Lord. Well, the father fathered yeah, him. Exactly. And now he continues to. All right. So I just want to leave it with Matthew 5, 4. Is, Blessed are those who mourn, so for they shall be comforted. Mm. And I think that the grief and the shame, like, when you think about the fallout and what it is worth to seek your healing in this and, and just tell the thought, like there's times I've just said to the father, like, I'm so sick of this. Just show me like, you know, like sometimes people will say, well, you got to hit your rock bottom. And I think, you know, I don't know if people sometimes know what their rock bottom is, you know, like sometimes you just get used. I've, I've, some of the crisis situations I've worked in, you know, I know people that have lost custody of their children, ended up in jail, um, lost their reputation, their business, everything, and they're still addicted. Right. So I don't know what a rock bottom well, is. Well, and, and, and I'm glad you said that. Because <clears> that's what I mean by the father fathering us through it. A, a true father isn't going to condemn you, shame you, um, rebuke you necessarily. A true father is going to walk with you in your, he's going to come into the mud with you. Right. And you guys are going to walk out of the mud together. Exactly. In discipleship, in process, not in instant fix, not in just get over it and go to church. All that's bullshit, right? We get to walk deeply with one another in discipleship and walk through this together. And the father literally does that with me. 
Like anytime, and I'm in a few situations right now, like all of us, that I don't know what to do. Right. I have no idea. Right. On a business situation, <laughs> on a children's situation, there's I have no clue how to manage this at 57. And, and we've called so many people for wisdom, and they're like, I, well, I don't no know. Idea. Yeah, good luck with that, right? And and I don't have anybody to go up to anymore. Right. There's right? no up. They've all, they, We're so it. I get to say, Father, I sit with him every day. I need you to father me through this. Will you just gently and with discipline, if necessary, father me through this? And I've got to be open to the discipline as much as i got to be open to the gentleness of the father. And then he actually does because that's what he wants to do. That's his curiosity. He's like, will you let me enter the story with you and let me walk with you through this? I know. Because I kind of know how to help you get through this. and he's all about the relationship of it. He wants to be a part of it. And I just think, you know... He wants to be invited in. He doesn't, he's just a gentleman. And I, again, we just to invite him into it. And I think if we invited God into that, like, you know, sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, you had a horrible nightmare. The first thing I want to do is wake you up to comfort me. But I think, you know, I have the God of the universe is present and awake with me in that moment. And I can invite him into it. Right. And he's going to comfort me in it. Absolutely. It's he does. If you invite him into this. So good. Okay, we're going to keep going. And I really want to dive into curiosity, the curiosity of God. I want you to go a little deeper into that. Um, but guys, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to continue on the porn series. Um, and I, we, you know what? We need to get to freedom. That's the whole point of these. That's all Lisa and I care about. We really don't have any other agenda. We could be starting to build our Facebook groups and do all of our stuff and all of our coaching. Uh, we're Everybody's not. doing that. And <laughs> if you if you want to keep us moving and support us, please go to GaryAndLisaBlack.com. And if you don't, that's slash okay. give. We're going to um, do it anyway. We're going to keep going anyway, but we do need <laughs> your help. God bless you for listening, and we will be back soon.